Welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast, where you'll find fresh messages uploaded weekly. Pathway Church is a Bible-based church located in Peterborough, Ontario, and we're on a mission to reach people far from God and see them become devoted followers of Jesus. We hope that what you hear today will help you to take one step closer to Jesus. Thanks so much for joining us, and if you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe. The privilege to be here the, uh, this morning, in part, uh, has to do with uh, the fact that I get to share the, the podium with my son, Jake. Uh, my, uh, Linda and I uh, never regret purchasing that first guitar uh, way back when. Uh, that turned out to be a great investment. Um, Let's give it up for the praise team. Uh, Crystal, Jimmy, Adrian, Jake. Great job. What a, uh, what a meaningful time. Uh, I don't know about you, but the words and uh, the music just have a, have a way of uh, getting the heart ready for what, uh, what God wants to do. The second privilege, part of the privilege it is for me to be here is... Uh, to be able to share the, the, the pulpit with Pastor Nate, uh, he and his uh, family are on holidays over these uh, couple of weeks. They're up at Elam uh, enjoying the, uh, the summer, and uh, it's such a privilege to uh, be able to, to be here this morning and, and together to, uh, to worship God and uh, to be able to, uh, to bring the word to you. This... Uh, Linda and I have, have come to really appreciate Pathway. Uh, it, was our, uh, it was our son, uh, Jake, and uh, our daughter-in-law, Tori, who <laughs> encouraged us. Uh, you gotta, you got to check Pathway out. Uh, you got to come and uh, see what, what God's doing here. And uh, for the, uh, I guess it's about a year since we've been here. Uh, one of the privileges that Linda and I have is uh, we serve uh, with um, some really really good friends, Brian and Diana Johnson, and, and we've, we've been given the privilege and opportunity to lead a small group. Uh, there's about uh, 10 or 12 of us, um, uh, college and career and young married uh, group, and uh, it's awesome. We've been meeting on Sunday nights, and uh, we're even going to keep going right through the summer. Uh, we're just having, we're having a great time. On behalf of my wife, Linda, uh, I'd also like to... Uh, I bring a word of uh, thanks and gratitude to this church family. Um, I know many of you have been uh, praying for us in these days, and uh, the uh, the re- <laughs> the reality is is that sometimes you and I, you know, we, we come and we go to church and uh, shake hands and maybe even a hug and how are you doing and good 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 yeah things are going oh yeah yeah no things are going well and and once. If we ever get beyond there, uh, we find out uh, the real story, how, how things really are. And uh, if, if you ask our boys, uh, they would tell you that mom and dad are a couple of medical messes. <laughs> uh, we really are, and uh, certainly have appreciated the prayers uh, of, of you folks. Um, about 10 years ago, Linda contracted... Uh, breast cancer, and uh, bless her heart, she's uh, uh, she's doing uh, she's doing well. As uh, we've distanced about ten years 
uh, from that time until this. But about two years ago, she contracted ovarian cancer. Some of you know our story real well. And again, thank you so much for your prayers. And um, currently, Linda's undergoing chemotherapy. In fact, she was in Barrie on Friday. She's being followed up at RVH there. And uh, so, yeah, I, we appreciate your prayers. Um, she's, uh, <laughs> uh, how are you doing? <laughs> it's, it's crazy. I <laughs> Most times I have no words to, to really describe how you're doing. Um, uh, under and over the circumstances, we're doing really well. And uh, we are so thankful to God. I, on the other hand... Um, deal with some cardiac issues, uh, perhaps like some of you uh, uh, do. um, My heart pumps at 50% of what it's supposed to. And uh, I have uh, just recently, six weeks ago, in Kingston, had something called a CRT installed in my chest, a cardiac resynchronization therapy. It's It's a pacemaker, and it's a defibrillator, and it also helps the left side and the right side of my heart uh, to communicate. Wasn't, wasn't doing that before. We all know the importance of communication, but when you're talking about your heart, it's really important that one side's talking to the other. <laughs> it shuts the rest of the operation down when that doesn't happen. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, to give you an example, uh, there was a time probably three months ago when uh, there's no way that I could, there's no way that I could stand here uh, in front of you this morning and even imagine on my best or worst day uh, serving like this. Um, and the walk from the car to here, uh, that was tough. So I'm so grateful. Uh, God, is, God is so good. He has provided me with a team of cardiologists. And uh, I am... Uh, well, both Linda and I, we're very, very, very grateful for the provision of God, for the protection of God. And we really, we also see God uh, as our healer as well. Um, he's healed us not, not from cardiac issues or from cancer, per se. Uh, but he's healed us from uh, things that can really destroy. Um, bitterness, uh, hopelessness, and discouragement. And... Uh, you know, where we find ourselves, and perhaps maybe you're here a little bit this morning too. We don't want to be defined by these diagnoses. We want to be aware of them, and we want to be um, sensitive to and open to maybe some of the limitations that we have, but we don't want to be defined by them. Uh, Rascal Flatts, I'm a, I'm a bit of a softie for country music. Rascal Flatts sings this song. I want to be running when the sand runs out. And uh, even though <laughs> probably shouldn't you know, run too far. Um, <laughs> inside of here, in my heart, in my heart, uh, Linda would say the same thing. We want to be running when the sand runs out. I want to ask you a question this morning. How's your, how's your heart How's your heart this morning? Um, I love quotes. Love quotes. Uh, here we are. Here's some. 
The best and the most beautiful things in the world cannot be seen or even touched. They must be felt in the heart. Helen Keller said that. Here's a couple more real quick ones. A good heart is better than all the heads in the world. The heart of a fool is his mouth, but the mouth of a wise man is in his heart. The heart that truly loves never forgets. You cannot kindle a fire in any other hearts until it's burning in your own. Love cannot, love can heal. Love can heal a broken heart. And uh, another quote in, uh, in the Psalms from a guy by the name of David who knew all too well what a broken heart was. He says this, Create in me a prayer, a posture before God. He points towards heaven. And he says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. The sacrifice of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. The encouragement for me there as the open arms of God, as we turn to Him, regardless of where we're at, regardless of what's going on, when we turn in the direction of God with our heart, He's there with open, with open arms. This morning I want to spend some, some time and chat with you a little bit about the heart. I want to ask you the question, how's your, how's your heart and uh, where's my, here's my keys right here. <clears throat> How's your heart? I'm not talking about your blood pumping muscle. I'm not asking you if we need to get you to Kingston for this, some stints. I'm not talking about whether you need an angiogram to get some of the arteries and the highways blown out in there in the chest. I'm talking about the seat of your emotions. The core of your being. The place where from which you make your decisions and your choices and you live your life. That that heart. How's your heart? I want to encourage your heart today. I trust that as we spend these few minutes together that your heart would be encouraged, that your heart and and mine too, I need, please be assured of something, I'm here this morning because I need this as much as you. I trust that your heart would be challenged today. It's my hope and prayer and intention that God would speak to each one of us right directly into our hearts. I... uh, I shared with you that I love quotes, and I came across uh, a great one from Henry Nouwen. It goes like this. Have courage. We often say to one another, 
Courage is a spiritual virtue, among other things, you know. The word courage comes from the Latin word core, C-O-R, which means heart. A courageous act is an act coming from the heart. A courageous word is a word coming from the heart. The heart, however, is not just the place where our emotions are located. The heart is the center of our very being. The center of all thoughts and feelings and passions and decisions. Well, footnote. One of the things that I love about Pastor Nate Aside from the fact that he's a tremendous leader, I love his passion, I love his vision, and I love his heart. For you, and me, and for this city, and for the task that God has placed on his heart to see you and I continue to take one step, one step, one step closer to God. And to see those in this community that are far from God step towards Him. I love that about our pastor. I wish he was here. I'd give him a hug. (laughs) When was the last time that you shared a courageous word or a courageous act that just felt good? in your heart made me think pondering this made me think of the value of a godly heart Jesus Jesus had something to say about our hearts about a godly heart about a courageous heart and what I'd like to do is uh, return to a chapter that Pastor Nate Spent some time in a couple of weeks ago when he challenged us not to go on holidays from God. He went through the Lord's Prayer a couple of weeks ago. That's a great message. I'd like us to uh, consider the words of, uh, of, of Matthew chapter 6, uh, verses 19 through 24. I'd like to read it. Do not, this is, these are Jesus' words, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart is also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either will hate, he'll hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God And money. That word money is uh, mammon. 
means stuff. It's, it's the paper and the plastic that's in here, but it's also the stuff that can be bought with those things. Uh, there's, there's a couple principles, I think, that are extracted from these great verses. One of them is, everyone lives for some kind of treasure. You and I live for some kind of treasure. Jesus makes a distinction between earthly treasures and heavenly treasures. In the distinction, I think it's, it's prudent for us to see that there are two directions. There's two choices that we have. And a question that's asked, what direction is our treasure? I don't know about you, but when Jesus talks about earthly treasures and heavenly treasures, it makes me think of something. It makes me think of the struggle. It makes me think of the tension that exists for me when I try to navigate and live between those, those two worlds. There's a tension there. Another principle is the thing that is your treasure will control your heart. The thing that is your treasure will control your heart. And what controls your heart will control your life and your behavior. Who's Jesus talking to here in this, in this passage? He, he starts in chapter 6, verse 1. And, and uh, <clears throat> one of the things that's true is Jesus never backed down from a challenging crowd. Who's he talking to? In verse 1 of this chapter, we read this. Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men, to be seen by them. If you do, you'll have no reward from your Father in heaven. He's being subtle there. He doesn't doesn't really name anybody there, does he? There's a warning, but he doesn't really name anybody. We go on in the chapter and we read this down in down in verse 5. Jesus gets a little more specific. He says, and when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray, standing in the synagogue and on the street corner to be seen by men. And then in verse 16, he says, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. Jesus never backed down from a tough crowd. And you know, As I read that, there's something that comes to my mind. This question that exists about which direction is my treasure 
being placed or pointed. It's so easy for me to see and judge and look at others than myself. That's that's what the hypocrites do that Jesus is talking about. How, how a hypocrite operates is they, they want to bring glory to themselves. A hypocrite is somebody who, who says one thing but does something else. A hypocrite is somebody who wants people to think a certain way about them. The word hypocrite means hypercritical. And as I read that, and as I get a a sense of the context of of what Jesus is talking about when he speaks about about not being able to serve two masters, not being able to serve God and serve my stuff, I think of the the struggle in me, the hypocrite in me. And this passage of Scripture... Freeze that in us. How? Well, um, everything belongs to God. Everything comes from God. And everything is dispersed by God. That's the, that's the framework with which uh, Linda and I attempt to live our lives. People ask us, like, how do you, how do, you do what you do? How do you, how do you manage and, <laughs> this situation that you're in with your, with your health, for instance, is... Is crazy. How do you how do you do what you do? Do you have any you ever ask the question why you or why would God do something like this or cause you to, to go through this? I stand here before you today and if Lynn she'll be here at the eleven o'clock service if you're keeping attendance, but um, <laughs> no. Uh, everything comes from God. Everything belongs to God. And everything is dispersed by God. And understanding that and and believing that and and learning to appropriate that into our lives has brought some relief and release to the tension of which direction our, our treasure is. Our treasure is. It's brought some relief and some release from how is it that we serve, how how do we serve God and and serve stuff? How do we do that? It really is a hard issue. It it really is, it's it's a mindset, it's a behavior that comes from acknowledging who God is. You see, when Jesus says, 
You cannot serve both God and money. There's something that, there's something that needs to be laid out on the table. Sometimes it's so easy to use stuff and serve God. At other times, it's easy to serve stuff and use God. And the question that I've got to ask myself today is, when I take a look at my stuff that God has given me, because we take, when you read back through this passage of Scripture, if you take time to do that, you'll see that, that Jesus isn't talking smack about our stuff. Whatever it is that you, you have. Jesus isn't, you know, what are you doing with a 32-foot boat? You know, you, you, you could do just fine with a 22-foot boat. No, he doesn't care about the size of your boat. What he cares about is the size of your heart. And which direction you and I are living our lives. Um, it's about holding stuff loosely and holding people tightly. I want to move towards trying to make a, a bit of an application. See this Bible of mine? I had somebody say to me two weeks ago, Man, I want a Bible. I want a Bible that looks like that. So what do you mean? Well, that's a Bible that looks like it's darn near worn out. Then they fit. Oh, I want a Bible like that. I want a Bible that's highlighted. You've been writing stuff in there. You know what can happen? It's so easy for us to judge spirituality. By something like that. I love this book. It's a great one. It's the best book I've ever read. Continue to read it. But will you do me a favor? Don't judge me. Don't judge my spirituality by what this book looks like. What God looks at is how I spend my money. How I spend my time. And what I do with my stuff. I've been blessed to have great mentors in my life. People who have set the tone and the example of this. Who live generous lives. Who have huge hearts. And as I think through this, I'm left, with, I'm left with three questions. How am I spending the money that I have? Grateful for the job that God's given me, for the provision. God is our provider. Provides all that we have. Everything belongs to Him. Everything comes from Him. Everything is dispersed by Him. A real good friend of mine, he... Uh, he uh, Owns and operates the uh, the Foodland in Ennismore, 
uh, love Raj. I'll go in, pick up some groceries, and we'll sit in his office and talk. And he, to- and he told me recently that he was, he was in India uh, <clears throat> visiting uh, some family. And he said, Kirk, I had the neatest conversation with a guy in one of the marketplaces, you know, a cardboard box and sheet metal roofs and just like you, you and I had imagined what we'd see. And uh, he said, the fellow said this to me. In my country, nobody has a watch, but everybody has time. In your country, everybody has a watch, but nobody has time. That's a good one. I love that. What direction am I pushing my stuff? What direction am I... I love this. Because this is all about community and how you and I really are called to operate. And, and what my sense is really a, a, a sort of the, the, the culture... The pastor need is building in this church and, and what I'm sensing and feeling as I'm spending time here. Uh, it's this. Um, the way things work in, in the family of God, the way things work in terms of worshiping and serving God and using stuff is this. Um, if everything belongs to God and if everything is dispersed by God and, and if everything really belongs to God, how do things operate? Uh, a couple years ago, I bought a generator. You know, to power the fridge and the freezer if the power goes out. Kind of, I'm not mechanically inclined, so somebody thought it was a good idea that I had a generator, so I got one. Honestly, I don't know how to turn it on. <laughs> Anyways, um, got a generator. Somebody recently, somebody recently phoned me and says, "Hey, hey, Kirk." I, Somebody told me you had a generator, and my wife and I are building a house, and uh, we're going to be off the, off the grid, sort of living out of a trailer for about three months. Uh, can, I, um, can I buy your, your generator? I said, well, actually, dude, it's not for sale. All right, he says, well, can I, can I rent it from you? Well, uh, what do you need? He said, well, I, I want to borrow this generator. Okay. <clears throat> I said, well, you come and pick it up, and you use it for as long as you need it. Freaked the guy out. Like, he, he had to pay me something. He had to, you know what I mean? I guess we have a hard time receiving stuff. But what blows me away is, <clears throat> you go walk up and down my street and maybe yours, and you open up all the garages. There's a snowblower in every garage. There's a chainsaw in every garage. There's a, it drives me crazy. Let me consolidate. We need somebody on this street to take an inventory and piece of paper and walk down. You're just, just, just boring your weed whacker. <laughs> if I use up all the string, I'll replace it. Yeah. We, don't, we don't operate like that. That's a kingdom principle. That, that's, that's what we do, though. When If everything... The, the generator, the point that I'm making is the generator's not mine, it's God's. He gave me the funds to buy the generator, to use the generator, and to borrow it. Had a motorcycle at one time, chatting with a fella. I said, why don't you take 
why don't you borrow my bike? Go away for two weeks. Oh, dude, no, 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 no. Can't do that. So, yes, you can. I'll be crazy. You're not going to believe the people that I ran with that also have motorcycles. Their response is, are you stupid? You don't lend your motorcycle out. It's not mine. Whose is it? Did you steal it? No, 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 it's God's. <laughs> uh, love this. Um, here's the application for you and me, maybe. How do, we spend our, how do we spend our time and our money and our, and our stuff? Are we making an investment in earthly stuff? Stuff, that, stuff that's going to... He who dies with the most toys still dies. Right? I've even said at funerals, there's no U-Haul behind her. <laughs> it's true. Right? <laughs> it's crazy, but it's true. Not that it hasn't come up in the discussions. <laughs> That's a big hole we're going to have to dig. Okay, some of you just got that. Uh, <clears throat> um, no. He who dies with the most toys dies. Um, or what does it look like to invest what Jesus is talking about in terms of his kingdom, in terms of heaven, things that really matter? A year ago... A year ago now, maybe just a little bit more, a, great, a very good friend of mine came to me and said, Kirk, a good buddy of mine uh, leads the, um, the warming room ministry in town. And I'd heard about it. He said, I'm going to the volunteer training. Do you want to come with me? Sure. So we went on a Wednesday night. We sat in a basement of about with 50 other people, and we found out all about the warming room and the... Uh, and the one-roof diner. Anybody else heard of that? Yeah, thank you for that hand. Got you in the balcony. Thank you. Uh, <clears throat> but a preacher on stage, you know. <laughs> um, so we go, and, and my buddy and I, we sit, and, and, we, we get, and we got connected on the third Monday of every month. We pick the night. I look at my buddy. He looks at me. It's like, dude, we can do this. Like one night a week? <laughs> Easy. I get a passion for food and for cooking, and I'm thinking, you know, I can get people to donate or help us, you know, we'll, we'll gather food, and we'll do this. And we did. And initially, I'm thinking, this is an investment, kingdom of God, pointing towards heaven, help people out, provide a meal. Simple. It's practical. It's what Jesus would do. I'm thinking food. I'm thinking this is awesome, practical. And so we did that the third Monday of every month. We saw all kinds of amazing things happen. People so generous. And this thing is contagious when we start moving in this direction. We had one person on the team that called me and said, hey, uh, do you think it would be okay if, like I don't want to step on anybody's toes, but do you think it would be okay if I made dessert? for everybody. We, we fed about 175 to 200 people. Can I make dessert every third Monday of every... Uh, we better take it to the committee first. <laughs> you know, vote on it. <laughs> Absolutely! That's what, this, this kind of lifestyle is contagious. Saw amazing things. Grocery stores, on board, donating stuff and helping out. It's amazing. But here's what happens when we start living in this direction. 
I don't know, you know, you're here this morning, whether you ever even thought, am I investing in, you know, shining up my stuff and storing my stuff and keeping my stuff, or am I, am I really investing in the kingdom of God and heaven and things that really matter to God? Am I doing that? What does it look like? On one Monday night, took a break from the kitchen and sat down at a table with somebody and struck up a conversation. I'm not kidding you. I was kind of waiting to hear and find out how great the meal was. And my buddy Mike shared a story. And then he says to me, I want to tell you why I'm here. It's not because of the food, although I'm very grateful for the meal. It's not because I don't have a place to live. I live in a room, in a rooming house, about five blocks from here. He says, I'm here. Because I'm lonely. I have no one. And when I come here, I can sit and talk to people like you, share my story. Thank you for listening. And I feel a part of something. I'm just saying. I had this great idea of cooking a meal. But when we take and invest in the kingdom of God, when we take and make an investment heavenward, we have no idea what God can do with it. What do you have in your hand? What time can you carve out of in your schedule? An hour to make a difference in somebody's life. What do you have that, I haven't used that in a year. This week I'm going to find somebody who needs that more than I do right now and let them use it. Surprise them. Yeah. Can we pray together? Thanks for listening to the Pathway Church Podcast. If you'd like to reach out to us, go to our website, pathwaylife.com. And as always, don't forget to subscribe. See you next week.